0: Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, may your people hear your word today. I'm but a man. I'm a sinner saved by grace, yet not perfect, but your word is perfect. May it be proclaimed here today. Get me out of the way so that you may be seen and heard. Use this imperfect man to proclaim your perfect word. Holy Spirit, may our ears, eyes, minds, and hearts be open to know what you want us to know. Holy Spirit, if there is any dry bones here today, breathe on them and give them true life through the word. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, amen. The title of this sermon today is, life by the word of his power. There's a, a common theme in modern science fiction stories. It can be read in books, it can be seen in movies, it can be seen in TV shows. And it has been told from old times to the present. People tell stories of the dead coming back to life. It seems that many in popular culture like these stories of the dead coming back are very popular. Perhaps they have although it's corrupted, a sense of the resurrection to come. Perhaps they have a sense that the dead will rise again. After all, the Bible says that God has placed eternity in our hearts. Although we are made in the image of God, sin has corrupted what we know. And our sense of the dead coming back is warped. But God, I assure you, really does bring the dead back to life. And he tells us in his word how he does this. So this morning we look at Ezekiel 37 and see how God makes the dead live. Let's get into a little background before we get into our verses in the context here. Ezekiel is a prophet of God while God's people are in exile. They have been taken out of their homeland by the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar. And this is around the year 597 BC. And for the first half of the book of Ezekiel, he talks about the fall and the destruction of Jerusalem. But from chapter 34 on, He speaks of the hope that the people can have through God. The people of God had much turmoil in their lives, being in exile, being taken away from their hometown, being taken away from their place of worship. It was not joyous. Many were without hope, hope of ever returning, hope of ever seeing their land again. But many were still caught in sin, still in the sin of idolatry, dealing with many other sins, Many were felt completely cut off from God. But God did not leave them without a voice. God did not leave them without a prophet. God would give them his word of hope. God would tell them, although they feel they had been left for dead, he would give them life. Before we get into our main text, let's remember what we read before in, in chapter 36. We see God's promise of taking the dead heart, the heart of stone, and giving them a heart of flesh. Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-five says, I will sprinkle you with clean water, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And from your idols, I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone, and I will give you a heart of flesh. God will do this for those in exile, not because those in exile deserve it, but for God's own namesake for his own glory. These exiles had stony hearts, worshipping false gods instead of crying out to the living and true God. You can even say they had dead hearts. They had hearts that did not direct worship to God but to idols. This is what led them into exile. They did not obey God and his and covenant discipline was being placed upon them. A question we can ask ourselves, are we worshipping idols? Do we run the false gods? Do we, even as God's people, still run when we are disciplined? I think we will find that there's not much different in Ezekiel's time than it is in our modern time. But God here is telling his exiled people through the prophet Ezekiel that there is hope. God will not leave them to remain dead in the grave of exile. God, speaking through Ezekiel in our passage today, is showing him how he will act. He will show him their dead condition. He will show him how he will raise them and bring them from their dead state to life. He shows him the future deliverance and resurrection. This is not only true for the exiled people God has taken back then, but it is also true for those God calls to himself this very day. There are dry bones all around us, and God asks, Can these dry bones live? And we should answer like the prophet, O Lord God, you know. How does God bring life to dry dead bones? As we walk through this text, verse by verse, you will see that God calls a person to preach, and by the word of his power and the spirit of God, the dead are made alive. So let us look at verse 1. Verse 1 says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of dry bones. God, who had already called Ezekiel as a prophet, takes Ezekiel and somehow transfers him into a valley. Now, most scholars say that this wasn't an actual valley. It was a vision, but this vision was so real. What he saw was real. It was a valley. This is, a valley is a very low place, not a place that is good to be in. And we can remember in Psalm 23, David speaking of the valley of the shadow of death. That valley was not a great place to be, but David knew God was with him he even said God is with me and Ezekiel showing him this valley God is with him so what does Ezekiel see in the valley he sees it is full of bones not just one bone not just two bones this valley is full of bones and verse 2 says and he led me around among them and behold there were very many on the surface of the valley and behold they were very dry my wife and I are looking to purchase a house. We look online, and you can, you can see pictures of the house. Sometimes they have a virtual tour. This is not what Ezekiel saw. It was not a virtual tour. He was there. God doesn't show him from a distance. He doesn't take him up to a mountain to look down. He takes Ezekiel into the valley for the full sensory experience of witnessing these bones. And what does he notice? There were very many. Again, not a few, not half a dozen. There were very many. Many bones scattered about as if there was a war or a catastrophic event. And they were very dry. Nothing on them. No, no blood, no muscle tissue, no moisture. They were very dry. This tells us the bones were exposed and not buried. The bones are left in the open. Perhaps they were picked apart by scavenging animals. Or perhaps, as one commentator pointed out, They were on the surface and not buried because God had not forgotten them. Or maybe they weren't buried properly and cared for in death. But in any case, God is showing Ezekiel he has not forgotten his people. All of these details Ezekiel sees right away. God brings him into the scene and Ezekiel sees all of this and no doubt remembered for the rest of his life. Have you looked around the world lately? What do you see? Do you see real life? Often living in this country, despite what the media says and shows us, we look around and we see good things. We are blessed here. There's a beautiful beach right down the road. But who is on that beach this morning? Are the people on that beach alive? Or are there really many dry bones? What can we see? What does God show us? Verse 3. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. What a question. Can these bones live? These bones are bone dry. They're not just bones, they're dry bones. They're just lying there on the surface. And God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? How would you answer this? What kind of answer would you give God? I'm not sure I would answer like the prophet did. Oh Lord God, you know. Would Ezekiel saying no, these can't live, show a lack of faith, would his answer yes show his great faith? Or was the answer that he gave a way to avoid both? I believe his answer was does not presume but trusts God and God's desires. Can these bones live? Can your unbelieving neighbor live? Can your unbelieving spouse live? Can your unbelieving parent, sibling, in-law, friend, politician even live? These are questions I ask myself. I believe many Christians ask themselves these questions. We know unbelievers who are dearly loved, yet they haven't come to Christ. They walk around dead in their sin, yet they think they are alive. They may be physically alive, but all we want for them is to know true life. All we want for them is to know a life only found in Jesus Christ. Can these dry bones live? O oh, Lord God, you know. Verse 4. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones, and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Does God respond to Ezekiel by telling him to do a song and dance in front of these bones? No. Does God tell Ezekiel to tell funny stories to these bones? No. Does God tell Ezekiel to ask the dry bones what they would want to hear? No. God tells Ezekiel to prophesy over the bones. He tells him to preach to the bones. He tells him exactly what to say to these dry bones. Oftentimes, in many churches around the world, we hear things said that God has not told his church to say. His church and his ministers are saying what they want. The preaching of God's word has been replaced with talks about movies and motivational speaking and panel discussions. Now, there may be a place for some of these things, but what God has chosen to use to bring the dead to life is preaching. (laughs) And not just any preaching, but preaching what he has called his church to preach. To some, this may seem foolish. It may seem like the unbeliever won't listen to preaching, but it is what God has chosen. And this isn't something new. Paul dealt with this as well. 1 Corinthians 1 21. Where's the wise? Where's the scribe? Where's the debater of this age? Has God not made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. It was preaching in Ezekiel's day, it was preaching in Paul's day and is preaching in our day that God uses to bring the dead to life. And the message God tells us to proclaim is often seen as foolish. What God asked Ezekiel to proclaim to the dry bones definitely looked foolish. Verse 5, thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you will live, and I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and to cover you with skin, and to put breath in you, And you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Thus says the Lord. When a prophet speaks, he does not utter his own message. He speaks the very word God has told him to say. He speaks on God's authority. When your pastor faithfully preaches each Lord's Day, he is not speaking on his own behalf. He has been faithful in communion with God. He has been studying and praying seeking what God wants him to tell you, the people of God. Here, Ezekiel is delivering a powerful message to the dry bones on the authority of God. And God tells these bones that they will live. They will live because God will cause them to live. They will come together, bone to bones, with sinews and flesh, for the glory of God. He brings them to life so they may know he is the Lord. Many walk around today and deny God. They are dead in their sin and don't know the Lord. Brothers and sisters, you have been made alive to know the Lord. He made you alive so that you may know him. You may enter into his presence without fear of punishment. You may enter into his presence as a loving father. He made you alive in Christ to be with him. He crushed his own son to bring you to himself so that you may know he Is the Lord. What a crazy and amazing task Ezekiel was called to do here. And he does what he is told, and what was the result? Verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. But there was no breath in them. What God had said would happen, actually happened. Ezekiel heard the sound. Perhaps it was the beginning of the bones moving, then the rattling, the bones coming together, then sinews and flesh, and finally skin. What was once a valley of dry, dead bones is now a valley of bodies. But something was missing. Something very important to life. There was no breath in them. There was no life. This possibly could be a prophecy of Israel's Spiritual condition when they return from exile, when God has preserved them and restored them back to their land, they may only still be bodies with no real love of God. They may offer sacrifices and prayers, yet their hearts may still be far from God. Could this be you? Do you come to church every Lord's Day, but you do not know the Lord? Do you read your Bible and say your prayers and do all the things that look Christian, but truly have not been converted? Do you still have sin in your life that you know is sin, yet you can you do it anyway, not because you know you are forgiven, but because you love your sin? Are you a body with no breath, no spirit? Are you, as Jesus told the scribes and Pharisees, that they were whitewashed tomb with the appearance of outward beauty, but inside were still dead men's bones? The bodies Ezekiel sees are without spirit. What does God tell Ezekiel to do now? Verse 9. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on the slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. First Ezekiel was to prophesy and to preach to the bones. Now he is told to prophesy, preach to the breath. He was told to talk to the breath. He was told to pray to the breath. Matthew Henry in his commentary on this passage says, quote, he must pray and he did so. And the dead bones were made to live in answer of prayer for a spirit of life entered into them. See the efficacy of the word and prayer and the necessity of both for raising of dead souls. God bids his ministers prophesy upon the dry bones. Say unto them, live. Yea, say unto them, live. And they do as they are commanded, calling to them again and again. O you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. But we call in vain. Still they are dead. Still they are very dry. We must therefore be earnest with God in prayer. For the working of the Spirit with the word, come, O breath, and breathe upon them. God's grace can save souls without... Our preaching, but our preaching cannot save them without God's grace. And that grace must be sought by prayer. As the people of God, we must be earnest in prayer. We must plead with Him, send life into our lost, dead world. We must plead with the Spirit to come, enter our lost and dead friends and family. It isn't about just passing them the information of life, we must pray for the Spirit to enter and regenerate them. This we see the Lord tell Ezekiel to do. Prophesy to the breath. The word breath here is the Hebrew word ruach. It's a word used in Genesis and it says, when it says the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. The Spirit brings life in creation. The Spirit also brings life in recreation. We need the Spirit to bring new life. As Jesus said to Nicodemus, no one can even see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Unless... They are born from above. The Spirit must quicken them. You must be born again. If you are a Christian today, you have been born again. You have been born from above. The Spirit has brought your dry dead bones to life as the Spirit did in Ezekiel's vision. If you are not a Christian today, my continued prayer is that the Spirit of God be at work in you. I pray that your heart is regenerated. I pray that your dry, dead bones are brought to life and you trust in Christ alone for your salvation. I pray you believe he lived a perfect life for you as God commands us to live. But you are a sinner. I pray you believe he was buried and risen and ascended into heaven and he sits at the right hand of the Father and will come again. Turn to Christ and live today. Be born again. O breath, enter these dry, dead bones today. Ezekiel prophesied to the breath, and the breath entered the bodies, and they lived. A great army rose and lived, an exceedingly great <clears throat> army. Many dry bones didn't just rise as they wished. They rose as an army, ready to do the will of their king, the Lord God himself. They were enlisted in God's army. Brothers and sisters, God has breathed new life into you. You have been born from above. The new life in you is not for yourself, but to live as God has called us to live in his new creation. We are made in his image. We are made to glorify and enjoy him forever. And in this new life, we are called to go out into the world with weapons of warfare, not of swords and steel, but of the sword of the spirit. And though at times we may feel there isn't many of us, there is an exceedingly great army. And even at times, if there are few, we are great because God is with us. God has one more thing for Ezekiel to prophesy. But before he tells him what to say next, God explains who this army is. Verse 11. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost, and we are indeed cut off. Let me remind you again where the house of Israel is at this time. They have been in exile, away from the homeland for many years, And although other prophets have shared messages of returning to their homeland, they still have a feeling of being completely cut off and without hope. Not only to return to their homeland, but to return to God. They feel cut off several years in a foreign land. Several years of loss for any of us will cause us to feel cut off from God. Maybe some of you here today feel God has left you. Maybe you feel God is not with you in your long times of trouble. But what does God say to Ezekiel and to his people? Verse 12, Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. You shall know that I am the Lord, I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. The Lord comforts his people. Under affliction and exile, they are feeling cut off and left for dead. They are dry, dead bones. But God tells them he will open their graves. He reminds them that they are his people. Several times in scripture, God says he will be their God and they will be his people. We see this Covenant promise all the way back in Genesis, the covenant made with Abraham, covenant of grace. God tells them that he will put his spirit in them, recalling the previous chapter of Ezekiel 36. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit, and I will put within you. And I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to do my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers. And you shall be my people, and I will be your God. God is comforting his people. He reminds them of his covenant promise. He will be their God. They are in exile for their sins, yet God shall be their God, and they shall be his people. I will ask you, are you feeling cut off from God? Are you feeling all hope is lost? Are you at a point where you can't take any more? Are the troubles in this life beating you down? Look to God's promises. He will be a God to you, and you will be his people in Christ. One of my favorite promises that Jesus made uh, during his ministry is John 16, verse 33. And it says, I have said these things to you, in that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus is not saying to his followers that in coming to him, Everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows. Jesus does not say to them that in coming to Him they will have their best life now. He promises we will have trouble, and we see that trouble, and we experience that trouble. Israel in exile had trouble, they had tribulation, but God has overcome those who carried them out into exile. God in Christ has overcome the world, He has overcome sin, He has overcome Satan, and the life of death and resurrection of Christ. In him we have hope. In him we have life. In him we have resurrection. He is the resurrection and the life. The Lord says, And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. God is the one who raises the dead. He makes dry bones live. Not just those on the surface of the valley, but those who are in the grave. Jesus, with three words, raises Lazarus. John 11, 43, when he said these things, he cried out in a loud, loud voice, Lazarus, come out. There is power to raise the dead in the word of God. And before he called out Lazarus, he prayed and encouraged the faith of the others around him. John eleven forty. 40, Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. By the word of his power and the spirit of God, the dead are made alive. Verse 14 again of Ezekiel 37. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land, and you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. The Lord has spoken. The Lord will do it. He has done it. Israel eventually returned to their land, as we see and we read in the Old Testament in Ezra and Nehemiah. Then he rebuilt the wall, and they rebuilt the temple. Temple worship was back. But eventually, this too was destroyed in 70 AD. There is an even greater fulfillment of this. Both Jew and Gentile get to experience this. We can have our own land in the new heavens and the new earth. As Abraham was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God, we are citizens of that city, and we look forward to its arrival. We can see it coming now, because God has placed his spirit within us. We have been raised to life now. We have been born again from above. You must be born again. Maybe you're asking, when was I dead? Ephesians 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is in the work of the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. This is every human being, Jew and Gentile. This is us, this is you. Dry dead bones in our sins and trespasses. We have no spiritual life. We are the walking dead. We continue in sin because we love our sin. We love ourselves. We do many things just for the moment of pleasure. We may at times try to get out of this state by by hiding or different vices or trying to be a good person, but that's only putting makeup on a corpse. The bones are still dry and dead. Where is the hope? Where is the help? Who will save us from this death? Ephesians 2, verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our pre- trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with Him, and seated us with Him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, we might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. You were dead. God made you alive. He raised us up with Christ and will raise us up when our Savior returns. We will be resurrected to glory with him and have no more trouble, no more pain, no more sickness, no more illness, no more suffering, no more sin. We will be with God. Our great Savior forever. What a day to look forward to. And we can have hope in that day because God has done it. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. In that confession, we believe the promise. The Lord God showed Ezekiel the valley of dry dead bones. He told him to prophesy to the bones. Ezekiel obeyed, and the bones came together. They were now lifeless, spiritless bodies. God told Ezekiel to prophesy to the breath. He told him to pray to the Spirit of God. Ezekiel obeyed, and the Spirit brought life and raised the bodies to an exceedingly great army. Brothers and sisters, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. From Genesis to Revelation, we see God speaking through prophets, apostles, donkeys, and now through Christ in the preaching of his word. God chooses to use people to proclaim his message through the power of the spirit to bring the dead to life the message that saves is the same good news dead dry bones can have eternal life in christ god in christ became a man taking on flesh he lived a perfect life of obedience to god though he was tempted to sin as we are he stayed faithful in every second of his life never faltering in word in thought or in deed but then he was crucified He was hung on a cross and died. Brothers and sisters, he did this for you. He did this for us. Your sins placed on him. The death you deserve taken on himself so that you may have life. Then in triumph, after being buried for three days, he rose from death. Defeating sin, defeating death. And he is now in heaven, alive, and he's ruling at the right hand of God the Father. And he is coming again. This is the message of life. This is the message with the power of the Spirit that brings dry dead bones to life. A great army of dry bones comes to life by the word of his power when faithful people preach his word. Oh, that God would grant you repentance, turning from your sin and trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin. You must be born again. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, what an amazing task you give many of us. You save us not to keep us there, but to go out and preach the words of eternal life. Oh Lord, that these dry bones may live, that they may live here today if they're not, that they may live as we go out and preach your word and pray. May we come to you and pray, knowing that you will do it. Your word says you will do it. Let us rest on your promises. Let us rest knowing that you have already done it, that Christ on the cross said, "To Tetelestai, it is finished, paid in full. No more do we have to strive. It is done. Let us rest in you, Lord. Let us rest in your words today. In the power of your spirit, in the power of your word, may we know you, may we know you more. May we come away from here loving you more and seeing more of you that we may go out and preach your word, proclaim your word, but may our lives be changed to show that, to reflect that, that we are not just words, that we are not just dry bones still inside of this body, but that the whole person has been changed into the new creation and you continue to sanctify us, Lord. May we never run from your discipline. If we are out of line, if we, if we run in sin, bring us back, Lord. We know that you will never cast us out if we come to you. That you, we are in the Son's hand, we are in the Father's hand. And that grip is so tight and it's a loving grip lord keep hold of us never let us go may we tell others where to find life may we tell others how their dry dead bones can live may they repent from their sin may they be forgiven and may they live for you an exceedingly great army in the name of jesus christ i pray amen